there were footsteps in the snow, coming from out of the woods and into the house. But whoever came, they never left. There was someone inside the house. It is perhaps one of the most terrifying thoughts that there is someone in your home and you don't even know about it. What does this person want from you? And what if they mean to do you harm? Hello, and welcome to Certainly Strange episode 22. Um, I think we are now halfway-ish through the second season, and if you have any ideas for future episodes, please don't hesitate to let me know on Instagram at uh, Certainly Strange, the podcast. Just send me a DM with ideas. I'm open to everything except aliens. Um, so this episode, it is once again one of um, my favorite true crime stories, perhaps because um, this is one of those true crime stories, uh, cases that have terrified me most of all the true crime cases that I've read in my entire life. Um, I've already covered one of the cases that I find most terrifying in the first episode of the second season, that was about the Valeska axe murders. And actually this one is uh, a bit similar to that, but in my opinion it is uh, a a bit worse. (laughs) So with that being said, let's just get into it. The house was haunted. The housemaid swore by it. She heard footsteps coming from the attic and strange voices in the walls. Things displaced whilst everyone swore that they hadn't touched it. There was only one explanation according to Crescent Rieger and that was that the farm on which she worked was haunted. And so she did what any clever girl would do in her situation. She quit. The Gruber family remained without a mate for six months. Of course, they had not believed the superstitious stories of their old mate about ghosts in their attic, but now they were beginning to doubt that. They started hearing strange noises too. Footsteps. Voices. Andreas Gruber, the patriarch of the house, found a strange newspaper from Munich on their property in March 1922. He could not remember buying it, so first he thought that the postman had simply lost the newspaper on his round, but after inquiring about it, he found out that that was not the case. In fact, there was no one in the vicinity subscribed to that paper. A set of keys had gone missing as well in the house, and it looked as if someone had tried to break into the tool shed, where amongst other things the pickaxe was stored. And then, of course, he told his neighbours that he had found footprints in the snow, coming out of the forest and into the house, with no set of prints, leaving it. On March 30th, 1922, the family finally got a new mate. And on March 31st, the entire family, together with the mate, were murdered with a pickaxe. The maid, Maria Baumgartner, was found murdered in her own bed, in the house, together with baby Joseph, aged two, who had been murdered in his crib. The other members of the family, strangely enough, were found murdered in the barn, their bodies stacked on top of each other. Andreas Gruber, aged 63, Cecilia Gruber, aged 72, their widowed daughter Victoria Gabriel, aged 35, and her daughter Cecilia, aged 7. 
It appears that in the late evening the family had been lured to the barn through the stable, one by one, where they had been murdered. It is uncertain how exactly this was done by the murderer, as no sound from the barn could be heard in the living area. Of course, this is also how the family was not aware that they were being slaughtered one by one, their family being killed only meters away from where they were. An absolute nightmare. It would take four days for anyone in the village of Hinterkaifeck to realize that something was wrong and for them to find the bodies. Why did it take such a long time for anyone to realize something was wrong? Well, nothing seemed out of place at first. Cattle was still being fed, the dog was chained up when the postman came and witnesses even saw smoke raising from the chimney days after the murders had been committed. Indeed, when the house was eventually searched, they found that meals had been recently eaten in the kitchen. All of the bread was gone and the meat had been recently cut. Yes, the murderer of the Gruber family had remained in the house for three days after the murders had been committed. On April 4th, around 3.30pm, the neighbour of the Gruber family, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, sent his son Johann, 16, and stepson, Joseph, 9, to the Hinterkaifeck farm to see if they could make contact with the family. After all, despite all of these signs that someone was living in the farm, no one had actually seen the family for days and that was strange. The entire family had been absent from church that Sunday. When they returned, they told Schlittenbauer that they had not seen anyone. So he headed to the farm himself that same day with two other men, Michael Paul and Jacob Siegel. They were the ones who found the six bodies of the murdered family and the maid. What is strange about these murders, besides the great possibility that the murderer or murderers were already inside the house before the murders and that they stayed there even after the murders had been committed, there also seems to be absolutely no motive for the murder. No money had been taken and there was no sign of any robbery having taken place. This means that the murders were likely a crime of passion, meaning that the murderer must have known the family. The murders remain unsolved to this very day, but the internet has come forward with two likely suspects. And let me tell you, the first one is certainly strange. But before we get into that, first a word from one of my friends over at the Boopot Network. Do you love a good ghost story, tales of the paranormal, and sightings of the unexplained? If so, the Paranormal Exposed podcast is right up your alley. Join me every Wednesday as I guide you through a new spooky episode. Listen in as I give you the spooky stories and the facts to back them up, or poke a few holes in their stories. Whether you are a skeptic or a believer, this is a great way to explore and to expose the paranormal. So yeah, welcome back and let's discuss the two most likely suspects of the Hinterkaifeck murders. Uh, like I said, the first one is uh, a bit strange because, well, he is dead. 
The first suspect is Carl Gabriel, the husband of Victoria. He had reportedly been killed in Arras, France, by a shell attack in December 1914 during the First World War. However, his body was never recovered, so people began to speculate on whether he had actually died during the First World War. Victoria had given birth to her son, Joseph, in her husband's absence. The two-year-old Joseph was rumoured to be the son of Victoria and her father, Andreas. This incestuous relationship between the daughter and father is apparently very well documented and very well known in the village. Uh, according to the records, the father um, sexually assaulted his daughter and um, they were both convicted of incest. So the theory that has been spun out of this thing is that so Carl is reported dead, isn't actually dead, so he returns home after some time and he finds out that Victoria has given birth to a son not his son, actually the son of her father, or what is an, also another rumour of uh, the, the neighbour. And uh, people speculate that this angered him so very much that he murdered the entire family, or that he was so angry with Andreas for sexually assaulting his wife that he wanted revenge and that uh, he killed the family because of that. The, the strange things about that is like why kill your own daughter? Uh, like I in in a twisted sense I can understand him killing like the father or like the, the father so Andreas and then his wife because she probably also was in on the incestuous relationship uh, and also maybe killing uh, Joseph the baby because he is the result of that relationship and then also killing Victoria because like she also plays a part in it or something in his twisted mind but why kill your own daughter and also the maid because they in this situation uh, appear completely in uh, innocent but maybe it was uh, I don't know uh, accidental or he just didn't want any witnesses but then again it is quite likely that he was dead but it would explain him being able to like know where the pickaxe is know where to hide in the house know that there is a set of keys that he can get his hands on so i do um like this thing but it is very very like oh this could be the plot of a book and um you, you know, then you have to ask yourself, oh, how likely is this? Just a reality, just a, just a reality check on yourself. Like, oh, how likely is this that this actually happened? But yes, I, I do really like it because when you when you're thinking about it, like imagine that you're Carl and that you have seen the horrors of war. You're probably completely scarred, maybe gone a bit mad due to like the, the entire shock of the First World War, coming home, finding out that your wife has a son with her father, 
Uh, I can imagine finding out about that and just completely snapping uh, and then you know, like um, going on a murder spree basically. It is, it is in a way, um, I don't know, is it, is it likely? I don't know, probably not, but it is somewhat like, I don't know, it is possible, there is a possibility. Because I can imagine in the in the chaos of the First World War, um, people being reported dead, um, coming back, or like turning up not dead at all. I can imagine that that has happened. So it isn't very impossible. Um, and then the second suspect is the neighbor. So that is Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the first person who like sent his son and his uh, stepson, I believe. He sent his son and his stepson to the Hinterkaifeck farm and then later that day he returned with two men and eventually actually found the bodies. So um, the motive according to the internet is that Schlittenbauer was actually the father of Joseph, which completely contradicts the like the entire like the town knew that Victoria was in an incestuous relationship with her father um so so um he thought that he was the father of Joseph and apparently he also possessed a set of keys to the house uh it is also uh, apparently that when they found the bodies in the barn uh Schlittenbauer apparently threw aside the bodies searching for the body of Joseph uh, for his son because he was really convinced that it was his son and uh, apparently he had absolutely no emotions towards the other victims towards the other um, bodies um, but in my opinion it does seem unlikely that he is the murderer because okay so the fact that he has a set of keys um, we also I also give my keys to my neighbor for like when I lock myself out so it isn't really suspicious for him to have a set of keys and if the murderer had the keys they had stolen it because a set of keys had gone missing uh, I also think that he would have not murdered his own son if he is convinced that it is his son and then lastly um, Schlittenbauer like the Gruber family, the Schlittenbauer family were farmers and I don't think that they would have had time, like uh, uh, Lorenz Schlittenbauer wouldn't have had time to manage two farms uh, at the same time for three days. So I actually uh, am not a big fan of this theory, but these are the two biggest theories, so either the husband killed them or the neighbor and I'm actually going to uh, sprinkle in my own theory my own the, the third theory and that is that the family was killed by a complete stranger and I know that that contradicts the fact that the murders were most likely a crime of passion meaning that the murderer must have known the family um, but what struck me when I was reading this case is the incredible similarities to the Feliska Axe murders, uh, the Axe murder case. If you are not familiar with that case, go ahead and listen the episode that I released about it. It is called The Axe Man. 
the the Felisca axe murders and um, why I thought it was very similar is like okay first of all it was most likely that the murderer was already inside the house before the murders com were committed so they didn't break in they were probably already hiding in the attic then one night the entire family is murdered by by an axe not by a pickaxe but by an axe and then the murderer remained inside the house eating a meal even uh, like the the, the soda Feliska axe murderer he smoked a few cigarettes and ate breakfast and the Hinterkaifeck murderer he remained in the farm for three days uh, having uh, lots of meals and that just really struck me of like there was a similarity it is so strange to First of all, it is very scary, the idea that there is a murderer already inside the house, hiding, waiting for a vulnerable moment to strike, but then remaining inside the house, even having a meal after committing the murders, is so strange, because you will imagine that you will want to go out get out of there as quickly as possible if you've committed a murder. You're probably like, oh my god, I don't want to get caught. And then you have the point where the Veliska X murders and the Hinderkaifeck murders are not at all similar, is that the Veliska X murderer actually showed a a level of remorse or, or shame for his actions. He covered the mirrors, he covered the faces of the victims. Meanwhile, the Hinterkaifeck guy or woman, they just chuck the entire family or basically the entire family into the farm just stacking them on top of each other um like they were like they were just cattle who had been slaughtered uh so that is that is really weird and that is also the point where it is actually like maybe the hinterkaifeck murderer didn't know them at all because if you know these people if you knew these people you may have a level of respect for them to uh you know uh it shows a complete dissociation with their humanity to just chuck them inside the barn stacked on top of each other uh in between the hay if you've seen the pictures it's just it's just a mess it's really animalistic and i think if you knew them if you knew these people, you wouldn't be doing that. And then I just was thinking, okay, so the, the Valeska axe murderer, uh, it is also an unsolved crime, but um, there is one guy who actually confessed to the crimes and he said, and he was a stranger to the family, complete stranger, and he confessed giving the reason why he committed these killings is because he had, uh, he heard voices from God telling him to kill the children so he was suffering from hallucinations that that just gave me the um idea of what if this murderer he was a stranger but he probably lived inside their house for a very long time as i said the maid who quit six months earlier she was already hearing voices she was already hearing footsteps and so six months he the murderer if they were inside the house they were there 
for at least six months. So maybe they've created this entire um, illusion in their head that they are a part of that family. And then, boom, a new maid arrives. There is a, a change in what they thought was a, a situation that they had under their control. So there was a, suddenly a change and that made them like snap. Because I was wondering, why exactly were the mothers committed immediately after the new maid was hired? Maybe that was the stressor. Maybe that was the, the breaking point of the murderer. Uh, suddenly a new person has arrived in a family that was yours. A stranger is accepted into the family that you love even though you yourself have not been lovingly received by them so that is that is my theory um yeah so i don't know if you have uh any other theories or just general opinions about this case please let me know i really like hearing your theories and opinions about all of this on instagram uh, and and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Certainly Strange. Please consider leaving behind a review on Spotify and following us on Instagram at Certainly Strange the Podcast. Everything about the podcast can be found on the website certainlystrange.com. Uh, there you can also find the transcript of this episode as well as all the sources that I used in my research. And once again, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>